This is Law Bites, a podcast with Michael Geist. Regulating AI systems is something that we believe must be done. However, it seems odd to add these regulations in a bill that has to do with privacy protection and with the analysis, circulation, and exchange of personal information. Artificial intelligence, uh, Mr. Speaker, is its own beast in a way, and it should be studied and treated separately. It hasn't garnered much attention, but Bill C-27, the government's privacy and artificial intelligence bill, is slowly, very slowly, making its way through the parliamentary process. The bill is currently at second reading in the House of Commons, and though it hasn't been given much time for debate, there is reason to believe that it will eventually be referred to one or more House committees for study. One of the emerging issues has been the mounting opposition to the AI portion of the bill. As you just heard, the NDP recently asked the Speaker of the House to divide the bill for voting purposes, separating the privacy and AI portions. Moreover, several studies have been released which place the spotlight on the concerns with the government's plan for AI regulation, which is widely viewed as vague and ineffective. Christelle Tassono is a tech policy researcher based at Princeton University's Center for Information Technology Policy. She was one of several authors of a joint report on the AI bill, which brought together researchers from the Cybersecure Policy Exchange at Toronto Metropolitan University, McGill University Center for Media, Technology and Democracy, and the Center for Information Technology Policy at Princeton University. Christelle joins me on the podcast to talk about the report and what she thinks needs to change in Bill C-27. Christelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, pleasure to to welcome you. You know, I've covered AIDA in some past episodes, so there's been a chance to take a look at some of the issues around the so-called proposed Artificial Intelligence and Data Act, part of Bill C-27. But with the government starting to move on the bill, I thought it would be worth revisiting, especially in light of your recent report that you were part of. Uh, Before we get into some of the recommendations and some of the analysis that's there, and I think you've done a great job highlighting some significant issues associated with the, the AI parts of this bill, can you tell me a bit about the origins of the report and who worked on it? Yeah, so this report was published through the Cybersecure Policy Exchange at the Toronto Metropolitan University, and it was a collaboration between researchers at McGill University, Princeton, and also a researcher at the, uh, the Mayo Clinic in Boston, uh, more specifically, Yuen Stevens, Woman Malik, Sonia Saloum, uh, Supriya Devedi, and Sam Andre. Um, it re- was really born out of a concern about the absence of human rights provisions in the bill, but also a genuine surprise. Uh, we did not expect uh, Ada to be part of the bill. Yeah. No, I don't think you're alone in that regard. I think th- that part of the legislation has caught a lot of people by surprise. Now, I want to get into the, the recommendations. The report has five major recommendations and kind of walks through each. But before we do that, can you Describe a little bit for those who aren't familiar with this this part of Bill C-27, uh, what exactly this, this legislation is all about. 
Yeah, so ADA stands for the Artificial Intelligence and Data Act, and it attempts to create a regulatory framework for international and interprovincial uh, trade and commerce in AI systems. Um, it does so by requiring companies to adopt measures to mitigate risks of harms. Um, it also outlines requirements for public uh, reporting on, of AI systems and allows the Minister of Industry to order the production of records related to you know, AI systems. And more specifically, and what it has been branded, out, uh, branded as is the fact that it allows for um, the prohibition on the use or possession of illegally obtained personal information and uh, creates really um, high fines for contraventions uh, to the bill. And um, it also uh, creates the position of the ADA and uh, of the AI and data commissioner. So it's got a got a privacy element. It's got elements respect with respect to how AI might might get regulated or the use of AI systems might get regulated in Canada. So it really tries to it attempts quite clearly to bring Canada into the the regulatory space when it comes to artificial intelligence. Now that said, the the inclusion of this within Bill C-27, which for those that have been following will know that that's the large privacy reform bill as well. So the inclusion of AI within what is otherwise seen as a major update to PEPIDA, our private sector privacy legislation, I think caught a lot of people off guard and certainly by surprise. Uh, can you tell me a bit about the consultations, if any, that the government undertook with respect to the bill and what you recommend in terms of, of addressing what I think some see as a real shortcoming in terms of the that, that advanced consultation and public participation. Yeah, it remains very unclear who was consulted for the bill and when uh, those consultations happened, but it is clear, however, that there was no public consultation. Um, my assumption is that ADA may contain pieces of discussions that came up during the national public consultations on the digital charter back in 2018. Uh, but I wasn't there, so I cannot speak to whether that is actually what happened. Um, it is also my understanding that the government's AI Advisory Council uh, was also consulted on the legislation. Um, however, there are no publicly accessible records accounting for how these meetings uh, were conducted and the issues that were raised uh, by the members of the council. Um, I think that moving forward, uh, the government should look to hold a public consultation on the bill. Um, I'm afraid that like a committee study will not be enough to get it into shape. Um, ISED has recently held a public consultation on the national quantum strategy, which consisted of roundtables, online surveys, and publication of the findings from these discussions. I'd be interested in the government taking such an, uh, a similar approach in documenting each step and having a clear timeline on uh, the you know, publication of a new version of ADA. I think uh, what people want is more accountability uh, when it comes to drafting these things and uh, being clear um, as to like how conversations will happen, when they will happen, uh, will make things a lot more accountable. Sorry, yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. You know, the it's it's a bill that that at the heart one of its policy objectives is greater transparency when it comes to AI systems. Yet there's a a certain irony that the development of the legislation itself is not particularly particularly transparent. Uh, we don't know a lot, and I think the recommendation that in a sense that really should be the starting point, uh, as opposed to relying on a committee process that 
it seems to me, given the fact that this is twinned with another, with a, a very large, important piece of legislation on privacy, may well get even lost in the shuffle. Um, really, is 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 absolutely essential. Now, should the should there be either a consultation or if we get the committee hearings, it, it seems likely they're going to delve into some of the specifics and. Some of the specifics, of course, involve some of the definitional issues, which become really essential when you're thinking, when we're thinking about what's included and what isn't. And you note that that I think somewhat oddly, for something that's all within the same bill, there is both a privacy and, and the AI dimension that we've been talking about. There are different definitions for AI and AI systems that exist within the bill. Can you unpack that a little bit for me? And sort of it seems seems odd to to find that in a single piece of legislation. Oh yeah, that was very odd when I read it. <laughs> uh, basically, what we found is a lack of cohesion for the definitions related to AI systems. In the first part of the bill, the Consumer Privacy Protection Act, the CCPA, uses the term automated decision systems and define it as any technology that assists or replaces human judgment in decision-making contexts through various techniques such as you know, machine learning. However, Ada uses the term artificial intelligence system to refer to autonomous or partially autonomous processing of data that generates content or makes decisions, recommendations, or predictions. Uh, in other words, different words, different approaches are um, ascribed to the same set of technologies. The fact that these different the fact that these definitions are different across both acts could lead to an uneven and unpredictable application of the law. This is a very significant problem because the very same systems may be used in, uh, in ways that infringe rights under CCPA and ADA. Um, these different definitions of AI could very well mean that a person has recourse under only one part of the law uh, due to these you know, inconsistent definitions. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 certainly odd. You know, it's not that you don't necessarily or or can't find instances where bills, different bills, different pieces of legislation may have slightly different definitions for certain issues, but within the same bill, um, really makes it feel like you've got two separate pieces of legislation kind of crunched into one within C twenty seven. You know, speaking of definitions, you you also argue in the report that the definitions need to be technologically neutral and future proof. Can you explain a little bit what you have in mind? Yeah, so by technologically neutral, we mean that legislation should look to address the source of concern around the technology instead of naming specific techniques or technologies, because you can achieve the same outcome by applying a different technique. Uh, technology, as we know, evolves rapidly fast. So being specific as to like the technology itself might not be the best way to go about it. And by future proof, we are referring to issues around AI that are not born out of AI itself, but rather that um, are exacerbated by AI. Think of, for example, uh, sexism or racism. Um, in other words, the concern regarding definitions should not be whether things are labeled AI or machine learning, deep learning, whatever, or if they employ, employ one of the named techniques that are associated with uh, AI or ML. To be future-proof, technology-neutral, and to address the core issues of concern, the federal government should consider working with technologists to define algorithmic systems based on their broad applications instead of focusing on their techniques. Um, I think these types of definitions make it easier to 
uh, not disconnect artificial intelligence and innovation from the, reali from the realities of systemic uh, discrimination in the country. Yeah, no, and it's it's that con the concerns around systemic discrimination, the potential for bias that, of course, I think has has captured the lion's share of attention when it comes to concerns associated with AI. And as you mentioned, the, the need for an, for inclusion of a human rights perspective is in many ways what drew many of the researchers behind this report to develop the report. And it concludes that the bill does indeed fail to address human rights implications of AI. Can you provide some examples of uh, of how that might be the case? And what do you what do you think we should be doing to better incorporate a human rights perspective into AI legislation? Yeah, so as currently drafted, ADA fails to address human rights because it only um, outlines a prohibition on the use of systems that produce harm, uh, defined as physical or psychological property damage or economic loss. It also introduces the term bias output. So, um, if like an AI system produces um, output that can be uh, interpreted as discriminatory based on section three of the Canadian Human Rights Rights, then it is illegal. And then it also provides um, prohibition on systems that are used uh, with illegally obtained personal information. That is very broad um, and it's not very specific as to like which types of human rights should be protected. Um, a, relevant, a relevant example is the use of crime prediction software by law enforcement agencies and public safety actors in the country. AI systems can enable the rapid collection of large amounts of information, which can increase the speed at which people are detained and arrested, unfortunately. The possibility of arbitrary and discriminatory decisions may occur more quickly um, uh, and at higher rates than when the technology is not used. In this case, uh, freedom of expression, equality rights, uh, or freedom from discrimination, um, the right to life, liberty, and security of a person, freedom from unreasonable search and seizure. I mean, I could go on. <laughs> They're all like just unfortunately implicated uh, by these technologies. And that's why we argue in our report that uh, what is needed is an approach to regulation of algorithmic systems that both identifies it technologies, human rights risks, and provides obligations and rights to properly address those critical risks. Yeah, I mean, when you when you highlight so many different implications, I mean, it really does touch on potentially AI touches on so many different issues. It really begs the question in some ways, you know, should there be certain AI uses that are simply off limits? You know, it's one thing to say that we want to ensure that there's a, a human rights lens to regulation, and but but that still presupposes in some ways that, well, these, some of these systems will be permitted so long as we go through some sort of analysis. Do you think that there are certain things that we should simply say, sorry, we're just not going to permit that within, with, within, within the country, given uh, the risks involved? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, what's been quite popular right now is uh, the use of biometric or health-related bodily information in artificial intelligence systems. Uh, more specifically, let's think about emotional recognition or facial recognition technology used by law enforcement. Experts note that these systems uh, tend to analyze and categorize people on the basis of uh, biometric or health-related bodily information, which can be seen as an extension of physiognomy, uh, uh, physiognomy 
And uh, for context, physiognomy is like a discredited uh, junk science that examines biological and facial features to ascribe um, a propensity for certain behavior. Uh, a notable example of this is how some uh, uh, products or and, and studies have like attempted to use facial images to build models that could identify people who are more susceptible to criminal behavior. Um, the use of biometric um, recognition and categorization systems can further facilitate systemic discrimination and historical inequities. We know that there's an overrepresentation of indigenous black and black people in uh, the Canadian carceral system. If we build systems with feeding them images of black and brown people, black indigenous brown people, like the, this, the, the system will learn that, you know, if you're black or indigenous, then you're more likely to be a criminal, which absolutely makes no sense. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a, I think the kind of one of the paradigm examples we see around some of the concerns with AI. Beyond some of the standards that are established within the bill, there's questions about the applicability of the bill. Uh, clearly, it's going to apply to the private sector. Uh, who else, if anyone, does it apply to? Does it apply, for example, to government, which, of course, talked about, say, law enforcement using this? To what extent is government captured by this legislation, if at all? Oh, yeah. So, um, Ada explicitly excludes federal departments, such as, you know, uh, um, such as uh, the Canadian Revenue Agency. It also excludes Crown Corporations, the Department of National Defense, Canadian Security Intelligence Services, and then the Communication Security Establishment. This is a problem because there are very well-known human rights risks associated with state-deployed AI systems. Uh, we don't need to look too far uh, for example, the RSCMP's use of uh, facial recognition technologies uh, through Clearview AI um, is a pretty good example of the dangers that come with uh, AI systems being used by government. Uh, given that BLC 27 broadly addresses the modernization of private sector privacy laws on a superficial level, it makes sense that ADA was not drafted to include federal government. However, there's no legal or constitutional reason for ADA to exempt federal government institutions, given their potential uh, to pose serious harms to individuals. Um, and although we have the directive on automated decision-making that applies to certain federal government institutions, it still contains numerous gaps and fails to provide individuals with recourse. As a result, it's not currently equipped to address the public safety and human rights risks related to technology. What we need is a greater cohesion between private sector and public sector regulation. And that's why we want ADA to be applicable to government institutions. Okay. No, I don't. And I think you're, I think there are many who would agree that uh, government, if anything, should be leading by example on, on some of these issues. And while they, they have developed some internal review systems around AI, um, similar to privacy impact assessments, AI impact assessments, um, regulations still are few and far between. Um, lastly, in terms of some of the, the major issues that come out of the report and out of this legislation is, is basically the question of how all of this is going to function. You know, what's the what's the administrative or government structure that's envisioned? Do you think that it's an effective one based on what the government has in mind? Is there effective independent oversight of the system? Uh, what, if anything, do you think could be improved based on what the government's outlined in the bill? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
when I read the legislation, it felt like the governance structured envision for this bill relies heavily on self-administered audits and a concentration of power in the hands of the Minister of Innovation. To be more specific, let me explain how power is concentrated and then I'll talk about the audits. So um, the ADA establishes the creation of the AI and Data Commissioner and also the potential for the creation of an advisory committee. Um, as currently drafted, uh, ADA creates the position uh, of the commissioner and they'll be tasked with assisting the Minister of Innovation in the administration and enforcement of the act. However, the commissioner is you know, named by the minister and is not afforded the powers to enforce ADA independently from the minister. Uh, the advisory committee, I have so many issues with it. Uh, first, the terms of reference are not included in the law. So it makes it quite unclear how many times the committee will meet or if they're tasked with writing reports or who will get, who will be able to be part of it. And more significantly, this advisory committee does not have enforcement powers or capacity. They're here just to consult like the existing AI advisory council. Um, now onto like the audit mechanism uh, that the bill establishes. ADA provides the minister with the ability to require that an audit be conducted if there are reasonable grounds to believe that contraventions to certain sections of the law have occurred. Uh, the audit can be done internally by the company or by hiring services of an independent auditor. As a result, oversight of algorithmic systems uh, in this legislation is primarily administered by the companies themselves uh, through the forms of audits. Um, this is concerning because research uh, has demonstrated that the quality of audits is very poor when the audit selects and compensates the auditor. What I've learned in my research is that regulating AI systems requires multidisciplinary collaboration. We need to build the adequate infrastructure for this by hiring experts across fields and giving them independence from the minister. What I envision in terms of independent oversight is the creation of an independent body empowered to investigate contraventions, enforce law, craft regulation, develop standards for audits and AI system design, and have also the ability to restrict, withdraw, and recall AI systems that do not comply with the law. Uh, more concretely, this would be pro this could look like providing more powers to the office of the privacy of the privacy commissioner. So instead of having like an ombudsman role, they actually can be more of enforcers of the law. Or even like we could create an independent tribunal that administers and enforces ADA, for example. Uh, I know that BLC27 uh, has provisions to create a tribunal for the CCPA. So maybe we could have a tribunal that covers both. Um, I'm really open to like any suggestions as long as they are anchored in uh, independent oversight. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and you've highlighted a whole series of different potential governance models. And I think you're right to emphasize how essential it is that that become that it's that's an independent expert oversight and certainly specific tribunal or perhaps the privacy commissioner's office are certainly a couple of possibilities. So, you know, the, you've, you've offered up a, as part of this report, a wide range of recommendations. Uh, why don't we close with this? You know, what do you think needs to happen next? You know, there've been calls, for example, to separate the bill and sort of move ahead with privacy, perhaps uh, pump the brakes a little bit on the AI side, engage in some of the consultation that you've just described. 
What do you think? What what should the government's next steps be with respect to this aspect of Bill C-27? I think that we need a proper public consultation at ADA. I do not mind ADA being cut out of Bill C-27, but what I do mind is efforts to regulate AI to die off at committee stage. Um, at the time of this recording, uh, Bill C-27 is being debated at second reading in the House of Commons. And I hope that when it reaches committee, members of parliament are able to get a commitment from ISAD and the Minister of Innovation uh, that they will launch a public consultation on the bill, that the committee should um, I, I also believe that the committee should uh, look to outline um, some parameters, um, such as you know a timeline, uh, the types of uh, communities that should be involved in this uh, public consultation, and uh, you know a, a, a timeline. Like we need this legislation, you know we needed that yesterday. I think um, because of the urgency of the issues that arise with AI systems. Um, we're in a minority government. I think that members of parliament can afford to be a bit bold in, in their demands. And you know, we shouldn't let ADA just die off uh, because it's bad. I think we can you know, work to make it better. Okay, well, we are in a minority government situation, although um, we, we haven't necessarily seen that much, let's say legislative innovation out of committees, but uh, there's hope and, and you're right, certainly, to highlight this as an area that uh, has enormous implications really across the board for society. So it's so critical to get it right. Uh, Christelle, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. That's the Law Bites podcast for this week. If you have comments, suggestions, or other feedback, write to lawbites at pobox.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at lawbitespod or Michael Geist at mgeist. You can download the latest episodes from my website at michaelgeist.ca or subscribe via RSS at Apple Podcast, Google, or Spotify. The Law Bites podcast is produced by Gerardo LeBron LeBoy. Music by the LeBoy brothers, Gerardo and Jose LeBron LeBoy. Credit information for the clips featured in this podcast can be found in the show notes for this episode at michaelgeist.ca. I'm Michael Geist. Thanks for listening and see you next time.